Well, welcome back, dear listener, to another episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your other host, Alex Lovell, joined today by Will Caves. Will, how have you been? It's been a while. I'm happy to be back, Alex. Thank you. We are very happy to have you back. I know you'd had some injuries playing center back last season and had to miss a few pods. And I didn't realize that you had now shifted to center mid and are now also picking up injuries. (laughs) Yeah, it was something new that I wanted to try and also was not great. Yeah, uh, well, you you joined at a good time. We have a tale of two goal games, um, at least in in us scoring department, uh, although we conceded two in one of those games. We had a a 2-2 draw with Brighton, uh, which was very frustrating, but then followed it up with a a nice victory in the Champions League to secure a progression to the last 16 over Atletico. Um, So, Will, let's just start with the Brighton match. I know we we had a great start, not a great finish. Uh, What... What do you think kind of happened and unfolded, and where do you think that match went wrong? Uh, a couple of things, honestly. I think Brighton's better than a lot of people give them credit for, which is the number one thing I'll say. Anytime we draw 2-2 and there's not like a clearly identifiable problem, then it's – I mean, you got to give credit to the other team sometimes, right? And Brighton did a lot to exploit the space they were given. Um our players didn't play great, but Brighton, you know, did what they needed to do. Uh, still unbeaten though, which is nice, but yeah, it's Brighton is one of those it, just historically for us. We, we either destroy them or it's really too close for comfort, you know, a draw or something. It's never like, it's always like four nil or two, two. It's never, yeah. <laughs> it's never like one nil easy, you know? And it's, I don't know. It, I like Brighton a lot. I think they're good. I think if they had more money, they would be a force to be reckoned with. But it does, I'm happy. That's the kind of game I'm happy to draw. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it was really close, and they are a really good team. And they, they showed their flexibility by not really – I mean, they did manage in-game, as they usually do. I know you kind of look at – Graham Potter's teams and they play like four formations in one match but they they started differently they started more kind of prepared for our onslaught um, and adjusted I I actually do think there was an identifiable problem in this match Um, and it was when if this isn't his fault it's going to sound like I'm saying it's his fault but it's when Ox came on and Ox had an amazing assist Um, but what that meant was that we had like three different variations of the same flavor of midfielder Mm. um and none of them were naturally thinking like i need to cover the other person all of them were thinking we need to go forward we need to attack we need to have the ball and drive forward at people and that left a lot of space in in between the midfield and the back line Uh, and this in the second half especially is when you saw them really take advantage of that and put us under pressure and that's really how they got both of their goals so I, i wouldn't necessarily say it's ox's fault or Nabby's fault for getting injured yet again, although he had a, a good game until he went off. But just the fact that we are so thin in midfield, we have so many injuries, we were forced to play uh, a midfield that isn't as balanced. And I know that's something we've talked about a lot when we do look successful and we do look really good is that we have the right balance in midfield. And I think that kind of went out the window. Uh, it was a bit of a throwback to the, like the first match against Norwich, although Brighton are a much better team. So it just was exposed a lot more easily there. But that, that's really what it looks like to me is what changed. Yeah, I could see that. And I guess, and we'll talk about this in a minute. I guess I, when I think about Ox, 
the game today, he sort of redeemed himself in that regard. So like every, the things that he did bad in, at Brighton, he did not great, but better against Atletico against a harder opponent. So yes, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I don't look against Brighton and against those type of teams where they, they're good and they're not, they're not good just because they're bullies. They're good because they're technically sound, but you know, maybe they're not, they're just a step below us. It's going to happen where somebody's going to get taken advantage of. I mean, for, for every ox assist that is incredible, you have, you know, Van Dyke getting caught out of position or Navi not tracking back. You know, it's, it's stuff happens. I'm willing to write that one off. I, I don't, I mean, of course you'd like to win every game, but it's fine. Yeah, it's tough. I'd rather draw against a good team than have something super frustrating happen against a team that's not very good. Yes. Um, and to your point, like it happens. City dropped points the same weekend. Uh, they dropped more points than we did. It was unfortunate to see Chelsea pull through and open up a three-point lead over us. But, I mean, like you said, these matches happen, um, and the, the source of the issue is kind of easily identifiable uh, and also easily fixable, I think. As we saw with the Atletico match, which is more fun to talk about and more recent, so let's talk about that one more than the Brighton match. <laughs> uh, we Most importantly, I think, uh, right from the start, an hour before the start even, we saw the return of Fabinho. Uh, and, Will, I know he's a favorite of yours, but what, what does his return mean for the side? It means we have one more midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it, it means, and especially with Tiago coming on at the end of the game, it means that our preferred midfield is available to play together. Um, I think Fabinho just brings so much to, it, as good as Van Dyke is, as good as Matip is, as good as um, Ibu is, is, as good as those guys can, but Nat Phillips, of course, as good as he is, Fabinho makes their jobs infinitely easier and it is like just the way he breaks up play in the center of the park is really unmatched around the rest of the world he's he's the you're watching the Gattuso the um Makaleli, the SEN the you know those those type players he is all of them but a little bit better in my opinion and he it's that it's his role right now and so him him being back him being available he makes our team so much better. Yeah, he he just understands playing that base of the midfield role so well and does everything he needs to do to be successful at it and make everyone around him successful. And he's just so good at everything. that uh, he's, he's like the new Bobby in the sense that he's just so good at everything, but he's still underrated. He flies under the radar. He somehow doesn't really play that much for Brazil. He's just one of those players that is silently world-class and – I know we all appreciate it because we watch him every week, but you you might not see a lot of other fans looking at Fabinho and being like, wow, he's an, such an important player for Liverpool. I would love to have him in my team, even though every team probably should be doing that. Right. What's interesting, you, you bring that up about him not being like world-renowned. It. I mean, if Conte wasn't, if Ngola Conte wasn't who he is and hadn't won a World Cup, I think you would be having that conversation. But he's the as humble as of a guy as Conte is. He's not like the least flashy player ever, you know, in terms of like his personal life and how he carries himself. Mm-hmm. But people love him, and I think Fabinho 
I don't know what Brazil's weird. Look, I don't know what <laughs> what they're doing or what their logic is. I don't hate it because it means our players maybe don't have as many games in their legs by the end of the season. But uh, you can't really judge what Brazil does <laughs> yeah. on, on any sort of logic. But yeah, no, I think I think Fabinho is great. I, I think that I, I think that he, like I said, he makes everybody around him better, and that includes the people behind him and in front of him. Um, I think you know Hendo can move forward knowing that Fabinho's ready to cover. Tiago can, you know, play Tom Brady from wherever he wants to because Fabinho is is available to cover, and it, it's just yeah, he's great. Yeah, and like the way that he and Hendo work together when Hendo's playing that like right sided, uh, right side of the triangle, it's it, they just have such an understanding that it works really well, and I mean it's. Hendo is good at so many things, but he's admitted it. Like we've all admitted it, that the the base of the midfield is not his preferred role and he can do it against some of the teams that sit in a little bit more. But when you look at a team like Brighton, because he's so ready to press and he's so energetic, like he's willing to step out and that leaves the spaces. But luckily when Fabinho's in, Fabinho is there to cover up. So it's so great to see him back. Uh, And another spot that there was some rotation, I, I guess you could say, um, and sort of warranted, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is Samikas coming in for Robertson. Uh, how, how do you think Samikas did, and do you think there's any chance that he stays in the team We're looking ahead for the cup, next couple of matches? I, it's hard to – I think we're just not used to having uh, outside you know, wing-back substitutes. I, I don't that's, – that's a new phenomenon uh, for us. And I just think that, you know, you look ahead at the games. We've got West Ham. We've got uh, Arsenal, Porto, Southampton, Everton. Well, you know, like if you just look down, it doesn't necessarily get any easier. And I think in a game where we really only needed a point to move out of the group, I mean, yes, it's Atleti, but you can rest, Robbo. It's fine. And – I look, he's still a lot of people have, you know, you get on the Davies train, you get on these other left backs. He's still the best left back in the world for me. And I don't really mind Samikas coming in. I think Samikas um, needs a nap, but he (laughs) is still he, but I think he knows his place also. I mean, he, he knows like, okay, I'm going to get to play more. I'm going to get to do like, I know what to do. I'm good at it, but I don't think there's any risk of Robbo getting dropped. Um, yeah, I think the one match rest is probably all we'll see for him because that's usually all we ever see. Uh, I know we talked about it much more last season, uh, but it's still true now. Robbo has played pretty much every match, not just like Liverpool match, but like every match that has been played across Europe over the past year and a half. And it's only natural that his level is going to dip a little bit just because he's, he's used his legs so much. He's got to be exhausted. Um, and this type of rest is exactly what he needed to hopefully regain his best form because he's just been looking a little leggy, looking not like himself. And I know there's probably some tactical tweaks that have been made because Trent has been pushing up so high and so centrally that Robbo doesn't have the freedom to go back, especially with Fabinho having been out for most of the time. So he's had to kind of hold down the fort a little bit. But he's also been tired and just great to see us have uh, a very capable deputy 
with some very suave Instagram skills to be able to come in uh, and deputize and just really have an impact. Uh, I mean, he's on set pieces when he's in, he's got great delivery. He's the, the players trust him clearly. Like you don't see them kind of avoiding him in the buildup. Like we saw when Nat Phillips first came into the team, which was <laughs> so noticeable and so hilarious and sad at the same time. But it, it's just, it's so nice to finally have that. Oh yeah. I th- you know, we talked about this genuinely. I, I do genuinely think that Klopp told Nat not to pass the ball. Yeah. yeah. Like just, just hoof it out. <laughs> just, just don't, don't even try to do anything. Um, the, you know, that poor guy, his, he did so well, you know, cons- yeah. all things considered and just, he's done, you know, like he's yeah. never going to play yeah. again. He's, he's done. Um, but no, I, I think Samikas is, is, is in a good spot right now. I don't think, I mean, Robbo's certainly not getting sold. He, unless he gets, takes a long-term injury, he's not going to be out forever. I just think you look for games. We have the option of looking for games where we can rest people in that position, at least, where we, whereas we didn't have that in the years past and the only time he got to he didn't play was if he was injured which never happened so he always played so i yeah i I like it i like and honestly i like the variety i mean samikas does things that robertson can't do but and vice versa Mm -hmm. so i think he's i think he's a good replacement yeah uh and it's just weird to have an area of the pitch where we do have replacements and we're actually able to like (laughs) rotate uh, it's just it's pretty much the front three and left back and center back. One of the center backs. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's four, five positions that we can actually rotate at, like consciously. The rest are forced to rotate most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's very very strange position to be in. But uh, overall for this match, uh, a two nil win probably should have been seven or eight. Oh yeah. Uh, um, but was this is this exactly what we needed after the disappointment of the Brighton match? Yeah, I think so. It, it's interesting. You you never think like, oh, you're going to spank Athletic twice, yeah. Athletic twice uh, in a row. But it's so funny and interesting to me how that worked. And also, like they just got. Su- I don't now. Okay, Griezmann's red card. That's a red card. Yes, in the last game. This game. I don't. I mean, I would probably be pissed if we got that red card called on us. But at the same time, it was deserved. But you just, as soon as that happens, you know. I mean, I, honestly, they played worse than I thought that they would after going down to ten men. You know, you usually Simeone and those guys they'll, they'll park the biggest bus ever, and they can. They're really good at stalling for time, and really good at going down to nothing challenges and, and, and just time wasting in general. And they, I mean, they sort of did it, but not really. And it, it's not like you would think them, not not that you would think that they would. So I don't, I mean, I guess they were behind on, you know, two goals, but it's still, it's there after that happened, after the red card, they just kind of, they lost their teeth, so to speak. Um, I did think it was interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, he did play in the Barcelona game, but I wasn't sure, with both Torres and Suarez being back in the stadium at the same time, how the crowd would feel about, I mean, cause you know, time heals all wounds, right? I mean, it's been a long mm-hmm. time since Torres left. People are starting, you start seeing him pop up in interviews again. He's, he, Oh yeah. Former star striker, you know, it, so you, you, you see, you're seeing that more, but it's not, <laughs> they haven't let Suarez go yet. It's really funny to me. Just had the whistles and the booze or the, I love that stuff. Yeah, and, and like Suarez knew that was coming. He knows oh, yeah. exactly well, what he type of player he is. Yeah, he loves it. He wants it, and 
like that. And it seems like part of the reason it was happening mm-hmm. is because it was, it was that, that's better than clapping him onto the field is mm-hmm. whistling him. So, and, and it was, it's a, like a different environment. Like you said, when he came with Barcelona, um, especially now, like they, they just amped up the, the poop housery mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like, it's his environment. He wants to do that. The team feeds off of him. Uh, although they weren't doing that as much, I, uh, except for Rodrigo DePaul. He was the flag bearer for everything <laughs> that Atleti yes. stands for. Like, yes. just so talented, but so frustrating. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Uh, really annoying. But yeah, I, I, the, I'm proud of the ref, I will say, for having the balls to give that red card. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, most wouldn't. It should be a red. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Somebody needs to start doing it to make it stop because it's not good. And he actually did it, and it was it was great to see. Uh, and I, because they also deserved it for targeting Mane and clearly trying to make him frustrated. That was so obvious. They just kept trying to kick the crap out of him and frustrate him, and mm-hmm. it almost worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get a little bit lucky based on the how the other yellow cards unfolded, but. That you you don't you don't mess with the Mane, um, no. and that's why he scored the second goal. Uh, but in terms of our goals, was there anything that really stood out to you in the buildup? Was it full control, or was it just Trent being really good? Yes, <laughs> it's uh, you know Jota is funny because he's only like I, I swear the dude is like five seven, but he's he's not. But you know he plays when you look at him against the other center backs, he looks so small, but he always comes up with this big aerial goals and 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 is able to get in the the spaces and find headers and find the ends of crosses he's so good at that and then of course trent is just incredible at, at delivery i think i like that's a that's a subtle partnership that I, you saw a little bit at the beginning of last season before jota's injury that i because trent can't cross to mo yeah. So he's so you've got when you when you're so loaded on that right side with talent, like I like that we finally have he's not like a Peter Crouch six foot seven striker, but we do finally have somebody that can that Trent can look for in those crosses. And so I think it's 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 just I love Jota. I, I think I mean Bobby, of course, is is the greatest player ever, but I do like having that variety again as, as Jota is good for games like this. Um but yeah, I, I think that goal was good. The second, you know, Monty's goal is obviously really nice as well. Uh, I think I mentioned this earlier. Ox played a really good game. Um, really kind of came into it. I thought I, I was pretty sure he was hurt there at the end. I think everybody <laughs> yeah. was. It's like, oh, here we go. But no, I, I'm glad he wasn't. I think he played well. I think he should continue to play probably um, to get a run of games. Cause we, we have no have, one else. Well, we only have him for so long. Also <laughs> he'll get injured eventually. So play him now, but it, you know, it's, I think it, we're starting to get into like the business part of the season where we have games like every five minutes. And I think the longer run of games that we can give somebody the consistency that we can build up the better. And so I think that's, yeah, I, th- I thought we had some good performances. Yeah, uh, on the Jota point, there's really only one other person that is like around that height that just dominates in the air like him, and he was funnily enough a s- suspended for this match. I think it's Griezmann. Like, I think he's the only other like five nine dude that is playing at the elite level that just scores an inordinate amount of headers. Like, he's always open. He always scores them. He's just 
weirdly winning everything in the air and it makes no sense, but it, it happened. And I think those yeah. two are probably top of the like shorter King header mm-hmm. throne list. So shout out what's, to Jota. Right. And what's crazy is he's, he's five ten. I'm five ten. But like he he legit looks like he's five six five seven when he's yeah playing. he he looks like a kid out there but he's really <laughs> like a normal dude height yeah uh, but yeah I, and you look at most of the center backs especially ours and he just looks like a like a child a baby yeah um uh, I I thought Simeone was subdued I was I, I didn't know what to, you know he's he's part of he's as much part of playing athletic yeah. as, as as the players are but he was pretty subdued in that in in this game which I was surprised about. I guess he was scared of getting thrown out, but it was weird seeing him asking his players to calm down mm-hmm. after the yes. red card. He was yes. like calming them down. I, I don't think he's ever done that with his hands before. Mm-hmm. He probably like pulled something trying to do it. Might have vomited after doing it. Just <laughs> like you said, it was so unnatural to see him like not stirring the crowd, doing his balls, like all that stuff. <laughs> just <laughs> being a being a standard manager. Um, I didn't. I know he always does the run away from the handshake and don't shake anybody's hand, but I didn't pay attention to see if he actually stayed this time. I didn't really look. Yeah, but he. I, I, that's something that he always does, so it wouldn't be surprising mm-hmm. if he if he did that again. Uh, I also want to call out Joel Matip. I know he had one of the greatest disallowed assists that we've seen all season, where he just dribbled past the entire team and played a splitting pass uh, to Jota for the third that was a millimeter offside, but. Another position where it's so nice to think like whoever plays alongside Virgil for once, you don't care. You know they're going to be good. You know they're going to bring something amazing to the team. Uh, And you know they've all got their different strengths, but they're all so complimentary, which is a testament not only to Virgil's ability to be complimentary with anyone, but the the talent that we've got in our back line. It's Again, not something we're used to having watched last season where none of them were fit, but it's it's great to see our like multivariant look, especially with how important our center backs are to our build-up play. But if, he, if we need to, put Matip in midfield. The man can skip past anyone because his oh, yeah. strides are 18 yards long. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's – he's <laughs> – I just – it's it's funny – just watching him have the agility of a newly birthed giraffe, but at the same time (laughs) has the stride also of a, of a full grown giraffe. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And uh, the, I think the most strange part, even more strange than his ability to dribble past people is his lack of ability at attacking headers. There was the one corner where it was just him completely unmarked and he headed it down into his own feet and then volleyed it wide. I was like, man, how do you do that when you're that tall? How how do you not understand this while also being so good at defensive headers? I just don't understand how this happens. He's he's just a a baffling player, but such a fun player to watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and I've cleared through to the last 16. Going to win the group. We're getting results our way. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of strange results in the Champions League so far, but how important do you think it'll be to have won the group and get a, a second place team in the round of 16? I don't know who we, I haven't really paid attention to how the group standings are in the other groups. I've just watched a few individual games, but once you get to the round of 16, it's, 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 I mean, it's never easy, right? Like when we had the group of death, so to speak, but like I always have said, and it's true. Anybody that comes to play against us, we have a better, 
like we do so much better against those teams. And so I would love to give me Bayern, give me, you know, PSG, give me somebody that we can play against because I feel honest to God that we will beat them. And it's, it, yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, I always love the, the late, late stage Champions League is always super fun. Yeah. Uh, the only sad part will be that we can't draw Porto in the round of 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can't beat them like 12 to nothing on aggregate. But just kind of cursory glance through the groups. So far, probably our potentially toughest opponents would be PSG, um, looking like they could finish second, although they're still in with a shot for first. Um, Dortmund or Sporting, both kind of tricky teams. Dortmund, especially if Holland is back fit, which I'm sure he will be by the time February rolls around. Um, I mean, it could be Inter or Real Madrid or Sheriff, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but, I mean, Atalanta could be a tricky team, although we crushed them last year away. Uh, but it could be Villarreal as well, another tough team. But those would be the toughest because we can't play English opponents in the round of 16. So right. It, honestly, all those sound favorable, and I back us against mm-hmm. anyone that we come up against in that group, especially on forum. That said, we will have just gone through Mo, Sadio, and potentially Navi going away for AFCON. So I, I, that it'll be interesting to see what happens at that, at that stage of the season. <laughs> When did they? This is a question for me. When did they? I thought they moved Afcon to the summers. Why did they move it again? Um, I don't remember why they did that. Um, but it's holding. I know they just had they put out a press release a couple weeks ago saying like it's still going to happen. We're going to make it happen. We want to make sure the club seasons are disrupted completely. <laughs> Good. This. We hate so, everyone yeah. in Europe. We're <laughs> yeah. going to make this happen. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. When you when you list the teams out like that, when you just go down the list, like as you're as you're talking, I'm just like, yep, we beat them. Yep, yep, yep. We win that. We win that. We win that. And it's just it's it's so exciting. It's a good time to be a fan. Yeah, we, des- I, we deserve this, Alex. <laughs> We've earned this. We've gone through <laughs> so much and had to put up with so much that we should thoroughly enjoy one of the best teams in the history of this club, like mm-hmm. this group, um, this generation, this just environment we have right now it really is kind of one of the all-time greats. Um, and it's, uh, I think we talked about it last episode of like, it's just been unfortunate that this, this is happening at the same time as like mega money is also around. So that there's teams able to overcome our good vibes with just throwing money at the problem. Although some of them can't, but it, it shouldn't be forgotten. Like how good this team is, how special these players are and how special a time it is to be a fan mm-hmm. for the club. It's it's fun, uh, and it'll continue to be fun as we look ahead to playing Andrew's favorite team this weekend, Western Ham, Ugh. who Ugh. who drew two two with uh, Gank or Hank today, depending on how you want to say it, uh, with a fairly strong team. I would say uh, they didn't really hold back too much. I mean, they started Ben Rama, they started Antonio, they started. Uh, Declan Rice, uh, they started Cresswell. So, I mean, this is it's a fairly strong team, even if it's not their entire starting 11. But what are you expecting as we go up against them this weekend? West Ham is tricky. I hate playing them. And they're also only two points behind us, which is not really stressful, but sort of stressful. <laughs> the 
it's it's amazing that we haven't lost yet, but we're not somehow not thirty points clear um, of everybody. West Ham is good, but no, they're not as good. I mean, they're 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 a solid. If we are, if you'd use like your traditional rankings or whatever, if we are top tier, S tier, they're like a the top of B tier. I feel like they they're a good team. They have good players, um, but they also have David Moyes, and it's. I just feel like it. It could be a KG draw, but also it's it's just West Ham. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Even though they're really good, somehow whenever we go there, we just work them. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably due to the fact that we're also way better than they are. We are also very good. good. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that's one thing to hold us over. But I, I, it'll be tough. Um, it'll be a big test. But I, one thing they haven't really faced this season is center backs as good as ours. Uh, and a back line that operates like ours does. And that might limit their creative flair and attacking abilities more than anything because they'll have to worry about defending uh, from the front. So I think that'll right. be good. But, it, yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough. There's probably going to be some stupid stuff. There always is against this team, like dumb deflections going in. I mean, luckily that Suarez goal was disallowed because uh, Jimenez was offside. But... So another weird thing about Matip is that shots just seem to go in off of him, even though he's Mm -hmm. just doing what he needs to do and trying his best. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, how this keeps happening, but that poor man, like it just somehow everything he touches goes into our own goal. So let's, (laughs) let's try to avoid that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm uh, not too worried. I'm curious to see who starts in midfield, given the fitness, given Fabinho just was rushed back and, uh, not rushed back, but he came back, didn't play the full 90. I think he'll be ready. Um, curious to see if Thiago starts. Uh, although it sounds like you think Ox will keep his place alongside Hendo. I don't think Thiago's ready. I think they'll, they'll, play. I wouldn't be shocked to, s- let me, I don't even, everybody's injured. Let me look at our team. <laughs> I mean, it, our options are basically Ox. Uh, I think Curtis should be back. Curtis, the, this has been his season of weird injuries. I think he mm-hmm. took a blow to the eye. Um, and so I'm sure something weird is going to happen. Like he's going to drop his fried egg down his pants and like right. scald his nutsack and miss three games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just those two Tiago, half fit Tiago, Fabinho and Hendo. Like that, those are our options. Yeah. I, I don't know that we see Tiago yet for a, the full 90. I could see. I could see two of our substitutions being used on those guys. I do think West Ham is a good Bobby game, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to cover for some of that midfield um, tiredness or, you know, injury or inconsistency or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Fabinho starts, I think, I think it's Fabinho Hendo Ox again. Um, maybe Tiago in place of, one of you know one of Ox or Fabinho, but I, I I think you don't. As long as Fabinho is good to go, he's got to play. Yeah, and this is a match where we'll need him in that midfield area to kind mm-hmm. of clean things up. Uh, and I agree. I think this is a Bobby match to keep Declan Risotto busy because um, he's <laughs> he's he's gotten to be a more well-rounded player uh, th- throughout his time in the starting lineup, scoring goals, getting assists. Uh, but having Bobby back there dropping into the midfield will keep him occupied. And I think mm-hmm. that's, uh, he's almost doing a man marking job by being creative in attack. So I, I agree. And then once he tires everybody out, send Jota on to go mm-hmm. score two headers. 
because yep. that's that's the plan. That's always the plan no, is to have Joe to pop up. And I mean, I we, mean, Bobby's been in good form lately. He scored a lot of goals, so he might be him that scores. Yeah, who like he scored a hat trick not too long ago. That's so such a strange thing for Bobby to have done because he just only does that against Arsenal. So maybe he's saving it for the Arsenal match coming up after that. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, weirdly in this episode, we haven't really talked about Mo, but I mean, Mo is on fire and he will be in every one of their players' heads and like will be most of what they think about. Uh, but now that Mane has also remembered how to score, that's a dangerous combination for anybody we face. Yeah, I, Mo is just, he, it's hard to talk about him because you just end up saying the same things over again. Those yeah. things being, holy crap, wow, incredible, just awesome. And it, 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 he's just, it's not fair, really, how good he is. Um, he is, he and Sadia, I mean, it's really, it. I, I mentioned, Bobby is a minute ago. It's nice that they're all kind of having, I mean, Mo obviously is having an excellent season, but like they're all playing well. It feels normal again. And Jota kind of, you start, you see kind of why we brought Jota in. You're starting to see what his skill set, you know, brings. But you also have when those, when, when our, when the front three play together, it, they're all playing really well and it works. And so I think, yeah, I think, I think it's been really nice to have that. I mean, Mo is just, just, I mean, just so good. It's not fair to the other teams. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, he he can basically do no wrong at this point, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Um, so what? Why don't you go ahead and put a score prediction on this on this match against West Ham? Two one. I think they score first. Interesting. I, I'm going to say three one. Uh, I think it'll be basically the two one game you're predicting, but we'll score in stoppage time on the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that would be the only difference. Uh, and I guess we might as well go ahead and preview as much as we can, if, as much as we need to, really, the match against Porto next mm-hmm. week. Uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. how, are you expecting five, six, seven, twelve? <laughs> I, four. I think for, <laughs> four, for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's not going to make any sense, but we're going to score. I think we're going to score six. Uh, every time I predict a blowout, we never do it. We tie like nil-nil. Um and who knows who will play, having already qualified and won the group. It could be fun to see, like, Tyler Morton, Black, future Blackburn Rovers Loney Tyler Morton lining up <laughs> next to, uh, who knows, right? Jake Kane, Minamino, all, all, just the, the League Cup team. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious to see who we play, knowing that we have a bunch of fixtures coming up and a limited amount of starters. Don't we, we get... Depending on the prize money, I think we get a decent amount of money if we win, and so I think it's it it's it might be prudent to still start. I mean, you know what you're going to get against us. Mo plays against those crappy cup teams even when he shouldn't, so he's going to yeah. play. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll spank Porto. Yeah, we just we do. That's what we do. There's 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 things this club does. And you can count on, and one of those things is just beating the crap out of Porto in the Champions League. So yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, who knows what they did? Who knows what Porto has done to us behind closed doors that we just don't know about that has led to this one-sided feud uh, and just this hatred that our team seems to have for them? But, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be dragons. Yeah, we do. We're... 
I guess that's why we sold Joe Allen. We don't mm-hmm. have, that's it's it. only Nico now. We don't keep right. Welsh people around because mm-hmm. we just hate dragons clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, should be, should be a fun time. Should, I know it's, it has, maybe it'll be five because it has to be apart from this Atletico match, some variation of five goals. It's usually sure. three, two matches in the champions mm-hmm. league, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking five nil this time. I like it. Um, all right, listener, why don't you let us know what you think, uh, how these matches went, who's your favorite player, what kind of cookies do you like? I don't know. We just want to hear from you. We miss hearing from you. Please. And we- <laughs> send help. Send me send love. Yeah, please boost our engagement rates. Mm-hmm. We need those Twitter analytics to be looking nice and sharp as we go into the, the busy season uh, coming up in the wintertime. Will, yes. great to have you back. Uh, it's always fun when it's a WAP episode, uh, Will and Alex pod. <laughs> so uh, great to have you back. <laughs> So yeah, good. Thanks for having me. I, I, you lost me there. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right, this has been "You'll Never Talk Alone." Uh, always dedicated to the loving memory of Andrew Ainsworth, um, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>